welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of Coughlin and Minister for the Cabinet Office. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 11. And this case that we are looking at today deals with an especially controversial political issue, voter ID. Ahead of the local elections in May 2019, the government ran pilot schemes in a number of local authorities to trial voter ID. The lawfulness of such a scheme was challenged by Mr Coughlin, and there were interventions by the Runnymede Trust, Operation Black Vote, Voice for Change England, LGBT Foundation and Stonewall. The challenge was dismissed in the High Court, but he was given permission to appeal because of the, quote, important constitutional function served by local government elections, end quote. Nevertheless, he was also unsuccessful in the Court of Appeal, and so he appealed again to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. There were a couple of issues for the justices to consider here. Firstly, it was argued that the Minister for the Cabinet Office did not have the power to make the pilot orders because the schemes in question were not pilot schemes within the meaning of Section 10.2a of the Representation of the People Act 2000. The second argument put forward by Coughlin was that the pilot schemes were not authorised for a lawful purpose under Section 10.1 of the same Act, in line with the policy and objects of that Act. The problem that these arguments faced was that Section 10 is entitled, quote, Pilot Schemes for Local Elections in England and Wales, end quote. Section 10.1 allows the Minister, quote, to make such provision for and in connection with the implementation of a scheme as he considers appropriate, end quote. And Section 10.2a states that the scheme should be in respect of, quote, how voting at the elections is to take place, end quote. Clearly the scheme that was in place with the 2019 local elections in those select local authorities was a pilot scheme implemented by the Minister about how voting takes place, and so the appeal must fail. Furthermore, the appeal also fails on the second issue. Pilot schemes were authorised for a lawful purpose under Section 10.1. The Justices noted that the purpose of Section 10 is to facilitate pilot schemes so that data can be gathered to help develop and modernise electoral procedures, which is in the public interest and therefore for a lawful purpose. I think the first thing to say about this judgment is that it is not a decision about the merits of voter ID in principle. Clearly that is a political decision, and not one that the courts are going to get involved in. The case is about the legality of running a pilot scheme, and to that extent I agree with the Supreme Court. The legislation makes provision for running schemes just like this, and so the challenge never really had any merit. Nevertheless, I do think that there is a useful debate to be had about voter ID. Recently, the Elections Act 2022 was passed by Parliament, and that means these local elections we have just had will be the last without voter ID. In other words, the pilot scheme we discussed in this case was deemed by the government to be a success, and has now become law across the land. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. For me personally, it's not really much bother. I have an acceptable form of ID, and the only challenge will be remembering to take it to the polling station. However, this is a bit myopic, and there are people who will suffer as a result of the change to the rules. Looking at the groups who intervened in these proceedings, we can start to get a sense of this. The Public Administration and Constitutional Affairs Committee 
were critical of the changes and estimated that more than a million people will be discouraged from voting if they are required to provide a form of ID. Most of those people are from low-income families, are ethnic minorities, or are disabled. The reasoning behind this change is to ostensibly address election fraud, but that is attempting to solve a problem that doesn't really exist. Suspected instances of fraud are extremely low, and there have been almost no convictions whatsoever. Instead, many suspect that the reform is actually electioneering in another guise. After all, those who are likely to be discouraged from voting would also statistically be unlikely to vote for the Conservative Party. That might sound like a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but there is strong evidence that points in this direction if we look at the forms of ID that are permissible. Of course you have standard forms of ID like passports and driving licences, but outside of that the only other form of ID that can be used is the bus pass available to pensioners. Older people are much more likely to vote Tory, and when they do vote they are also more likely to make use of a postal vote to do so. Under the new legislation, ID will not be required for a postal vote. I think the plans of the government go way beyond this though. If older people can use their bus pass, then there doesn't seem to be any reason why younger people shouldn't be allowed to use their rail pass. In fact, an amendment to the bill along these lines was proposed in the House of Lords by Lord Willits, but this was rejected by the government. The only logical reason for allowing one form of ID for one age group and then rejecting an almost identical form of ID for another age group is voter suppression. Those who are in power know that younger people are much less likely to vote for them, and so they are engineering the very workings of democracy in their favour so as to retain power. Boris Johnson and the Conservatives were humiliated at the recent local elections, but they are doing everything in their power to ensure that doesn't happen again next time. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, we talked about a couple of other recent acts that have been passed by Parliament and in particular analysed the reforms that have been made to judicial review and also the changes that have been made in relation to protests. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!